This week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We'll recap UFC on ESPN Plus 39, Hall vs. Silva. Hit you with our segments, Fighter Stocks with GSP, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. Discuss the news this week in MMA. And last but not least, preview UFC on ESPN Plus 40, Santos vs. Teixeira. Here we go. All right, here we go. Welcome to another episode of Just Like That. I am Alex. That was Ryan on the intro. We got another card to recap, another card to preview. But as always, we'll start things off with our take of the week. So Ryan, take us away. Uh, All right. So before we do the take of the week here, I have an update on a uh, previous call out. Um, Alul, if you remember that, she's the one who joined my uh, Spotify account and uh, tried to be part of the family. And then locked me out of my account, and I had to X her out. Well, I followed her on Instagram just to know, just to let her know I know what's up. And I just went to check on her to just see what's up since we were part of the family. She was part of the family for like half of a day <laughs> or a day, but um, she blocked me on Instagram. So that's just not good. She probably got completely fucking freaked out. She's like, holy <laughs> shit, this guy from America just found me and is fucking following me on Instagram. What a creep. He's more of a psycho than I am. <laughs> right but so just wanted to hit us with an update on that but to get to my take of the week here so i got um you know we're hearing that that uh khabib is coming might be coming back out of retirement according to dana white so i'm thinking unless khabib is coming back to fight gsp Usman or a legit challenge he should stay retired i don't want to see him come back for a connor rematch or for him to fight another striker that can't wrestle i'm sick of I'm sick and tired of him just, um, you know, beating people at their biggest weakness. Uh, that doesn't, that can't, you know, match him whatsoever on the wrestling and, uh, and you know, just facing striker, strikers like he has been. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, not even the Conor rematch. And I mean, That's what everybody I'll wants. Give him, I'll give him all the credit if, what's that? I said, not even the Conor rematch, the one that everyone wants. I just heard DC say today that he wants, that's the one he wants. Who? Uh, DC was saying that today that that's the one he wants. He wants the who DC wants it or Khabib wants it? No, no, it? that DC wants to see it. That would be nobody wants to see that fight. Like unless you're just a complete counter stand or an idiot, like <laughs> that nobody. We've already seen it. It's not going to go any different. We I want to see Khabib get challenged, and I think the only people off the top of my head is GSP or Usman. I mean, there are a few other people at 170, maybe Colby Covington, that could present an interesting challenge. But there's no point in really fighting him. Usman makes sense because it's for about. I mean, GSP makes sense because he's an all-time legend. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I there's only a few matchups that really interest me for, for Khabib at this point. And if he does come back and take one of those fights like GSP or Usman, man, all the credit to him. I, You know, I won't hate on that. I, w- I would love to see that. But I just get a feeling that it, that's not going to be uh, what happens. But it said, like, his dad's big thing was he wanted him to fight GSP for his 30th fight to uh, kind of cement his legacy. So maybe, you know, that is something that can happen. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, another thing too, is that I think if he wasn't fighting at 155, he'd be more inclined to fight again because I don't think he likes, and I heard, I heard John Annick say, and I don't really know if he, I feel like he was kind of giving something away when he said that he said that Khabib had another really tough weight cut 
um, to make 155. Oh, I missed weights. <laughs> well, I think I think that's a clue for weight gate because jo- I'm pretty sure Anik was the guy announcing the weights, and he he didn't say anything, and then he paused for a minute, and like the guy gave him the okay, and then he said it like kind of apprehensively. So, and I'm sure he knows more than us, but he said that he had another uh, tough weight cut. Whether he was saying that because he knows it to be a fact or because he was um, speculating, I don't believe that he was speculating. Is my point. So, yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um, Thirty and zero sounds a lot better than twenty nine and zero. And like you said, beat somebody. I would take the GSP fight over the Usman fight personally. I think because of uh, just because GSP's yeah. older, he's been out of the game a little while longer. But GSP is a little bit better technical striker. Um, I mean, he's older though. But I mean. Usman does have power. GSP doesn't really have power as like Usman does, but he's not really a g- great at you know volume strike or anything. I think you know it might be a little bit better matchup because it's gonna. I think against somebody like Usman, it might be another fight like Colby Covington where it stays on the feet the whole fight. So mm-hmm. it's gonna be a battle of the striking if that's the case. But I mean, honestly, I don't know if anyone can put up with that pressure for for five rounds that Khabib has. I mean, in- the pace he was fighting at against Gaethje, who knows if he could keep up with that pace if he doesn't finish him early, yeah. but. I don't know. I guess we'd see if we get a fight like that. So I got my fingers crossed that if he does come back, we get something interesting. Well, how about a take of the week? Do you think, or a take, an extra take of the week? Do you think he comes back? Um, because I was, I, I was in the ballpark say, that if he said, I w- he's such a serious guy that I was in the, I, I was in the idea that if he says something, like there's no way he's going back on it. But according to some people, it sounds like maybe he, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like he Khabib really has any interest in fighting Connor. So if um, I think if they try to fight, that's the fight they're trying to set up. Then I think he stays retired. But I think I think Khabib does want, probably mm-hmm. want to come back and fight GSP or somebody else. I mean, he doesn't seem to really want to give Connor any chances. So yeah, he's just flat out not interested. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hard to say now. I guess it'll develop. So. Um. Um, I'll move on to my take of the week, though. Um, this is actually a revisit for my take of the week. I had the right take, but I had the wrong guy. Remember when I said that I thought uh, Paulo Costa was going to be – I didn't say I thought. I said he was going to be the first three-way champion. Um, I got to flip it now and say there's a chance Adesanya could be the first three-division three weight champion if he takes this belt from Jan and uh, then he fights John Jones in 2021 like he says he's going to. I'm not saying John Jones is going to get the heavyweight belt, but – if John moves up to heavyweight, I don't think he's going to come back down. I don't know. but And also, I don't think if, if Adesanya moves up to light heavyweight, I don't think he's ever going to come back to middleweight. So um, I'm just going to take like a, a few small facts there and just say that Adesanya is going to do one thing after another. He's going to get the 205 belt, and then he's going to fight for the uh, heavyweight belt. First three-division champ. Wow. Yeah. You think he can put up put on enough muscle to fight at heavyweight though? I think he's close. I don't think he's far off because I think he I think he's probably I think he could easily be 230 240 pounds. You don't really have to be much more than that. Adesanya? Yeah. I think he walks around at like 220. Yeah, maybe. I guess we'll see. I, he's I, got some time. I don't know. He seems pretty like a he's got a pretty small frame to put on that much weight, but uh, the internet speculates that he's been on doing the steroids yeah. from his uh, gyno. Yeah, so, and whatever he's I doing, mean, he's not going to stop. Maybe. And his legs aren't skinnier than John Jones's. John Jones has the skinniest legs ever. Yeah, that's true. I've always been saying Israel Adesanya is like he, he's sneaky skinny. Like he's not actually as skinny as he looks. Yeah. He's like 
pretty solid if you look closely. Yeah, and that's what I've heard a lot of people say that who have, who have, I mean, not personally, but like people who meet him and stuff say the first thing you notice is he's a lot bigger than you thought he was going to be. So, yeah, I mean, maybe he's got the he's got the bones for heavyweight, maybe, and uh, he just needs to add the meat, and he's clearly trying to do it with the TRT. Yeah, exactly. But all right, so you ready to move on to our our recap? Yeah, let's recap. Um, this last week's event, the Anderson Silva retirement party, whether Anderson Silva wanted to retire or not, I'm not sure. Seems like more of they want, they forced him into it. But um, we'll start off at the bottom of the card and work our way up a little bit. We'll start with uh, Miles John versus Kevin um, Natividad, and uh, this was was the first this was the first fight on the card. So yeah, this was the first fight on the card. Yeah, so this was a uh, clear cut win for Miles John. Um, I don't remember if I picked him or not. If I bet on him or not. Yeah, I bet on Miles John, so that was nice to see. He, I mean, he dominated the, uh, in, you know, the entire fight, the first two rounds, and then the third round, third round, Tividad was uh, was coming back. He might have been winning the round, um, but he was, you know, he was in the spot where he knew he needed a finish to win, and um, and Miles John caught him with, I think it was an uppercut, short uppercut, um, and he put him down. So uh, definitely a JLT knockout of the night nominee on this. Yeah, one. and like an all-time get folded up knockout where the he. He like recoiled into his own body and then flop, flopped like it was like a movie. It was like when you get knocked out in a movie and they do like five extra rolls. That was kind of how it went down. Yeah. So it was a, yeah, it was like a like a slow motion. That knockout would be like cinematic perfection. Yep. Um, next we yeah. next we had Justin Jacoby versus Justin Ledet. Um, this fight was over pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I threw a. I threw a last minute bet on Justin Ledet as an underdog. He's a boxer. I figured, you know, maybe maybe he can show something to Jacoby, get a quick knockout, get lucky or something. And and at the beginning of the fight, I'm like, wow, this is a lot closer than it seems. I'm like, this Ledet might have been a, a good pick. He rocked Jacoby. One time, yeah. Um, you know, kind of wobbled Jacoby there. And then as soon as Jacoby regained composure, he immediately was like, all right, it's time to start fucking around. And he just started spamming Ledet with like, 10 leg kicks yeah. in a row ended up knocking him down from leg kicks laying some ground and pound and then as soon as Ledet got back to his feet knocking him out um so yeah I mean it was uh it, it was crazy though because it was it looked like Ledet was in it and then Jacoby is like nope hold up and then just started just rocking him with leg yeah kicks. what about the fact that um Ledet had several wins up at heavyweight and then just for no reason at all moved down to light heavyweight and he's like oh and three at light heavyweight and just yeah, keeps getting knocked I out know. I mean yeah, he's probably small for uh, for a small heavyweight. I mean, I don't know what who he was getting wins over, but I mean, I I would have you know trouble seeing him win too many fights at uh, at heavyweight yeah, or light so heavyweight. Slow. He's just not an MMA fighter. He he's still more of a boxer. He he doesn't really have any answer to leg kicks. I you know I didn't we didn't see him on the ground in this fight, but I'm assuming he's not very good. Um, so I mean his uh, his career in the UFC I think is going to be short lived here. Yeah, he was so slow. And he looks like a caveman. Well, speaking of cavemen, we'll get to Chris Guzmacher later. But, um, yeah, uh, so that was a knockout win for uh, Dustin Jacoby, and uh, it was pretty fast and a pretty good win. Speaking of fast and good wins, Adrian Yanez versus Victor Rodriguez. These guys are bantamweights, I believe. Uh, yeah, I think so. They're definitely smaller guys. So Adrian Yenes was a huge favorite. I don't, I, he looks like he closed at minus 525. 
and he he was good, definitely good. But the way he fought, this could have been anybody could have knocked out anybody. Both these guys were getting clocked, but he was definitely a superior fighter, and uh, definitely got somebody to keep an eye on as somebody who's like just flat out fun to watch. Oh yeah, I had a uh, I bet on Yanez to win by knockout. Um, I think it's like minus two hundred or something, and I'm like. All right. I mean, as soon as the fight started, I'm like, all right, well, it looks like this fight's definitely ending in a knockout. I just got to <laughs> hope it's my guy, which I was confident he, he was going to get the knockout because he seemed to be the superior striker. He's crisper. He, he had a little better, better technique in there. But I mean, they were throwing bombs. So it, you know, the better striker doesn't always win when they, when it gets like that, when they just start letting it fly. But, um, Adrian, Yanez, he ended up getting the win, um, slick knockout, uh, head kick, and it looked really good doing it. Yeah, a nice walk-off. And these guys were both tiny and super fast. Um, yeah, I mean, I had that same feeling, like this could be anybody's fight, whoever lands the big one first. But he was definitely confident in his uh, in his chin and then in his striking. And he warmed down quick and finished him off. So great win. We'll have to keep an eye on him as we go through. Uh, next, we had Alexander Hernandez. Is, uh, sort of his, uh, his um, what would you call it? It's like his comeback fight after a couple of losses. At least one loss to Drew Dober versus uh, Chris Grusenmacher. And speaking of cavemen, like Chris Grusenmacher, when I heard that he'd been training in a garage for two years and not really, no one had really known of his whereabouts, first of all, that was like, I know I sent a text to the group chat, first round TKO for Hernandez. Second of all, speaking of cavemen, like, I mean, if he went dresses himself to a Halloween party, he would definitely win Scariest Costume, like for sure. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't want to bash on the guy too hard. That's probably the meanest thing anyone could ever say. But he was uh, out of the sport for a couple of years. Alexander Hernandez has just changed his camps. He looked way better. But I don't really know how much I'm weighing this win for Hernandez. Although we've always known he has power. Yep. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely a get back on track fight for Alexander Hernandez, which he's lucky to get one. A lot of guys in the UFC, they don't give, they don't give uh, you know, fights to get back on track. Um, so they kind of pushed him too quick, too soon. Um, but he, he got right back on track with this one. He looked good. He, he looked like there was no chance that he lost this fight in there. Um, and, and he did, and he came through and, uh, and got a, a nice knockout and got it uh pretty quick in the first round there. So I think, uh, this is definitely a, a JLT knockout of the night nominee as well. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and there's quite a few, I mean, I don't, I don't even have a winner decided because there's three that were unreal, um, about as good as it gets. So there's three knockouts that would, um, you know, be a knockout of the night on any other card. But uh, the Adrian, I forgot the Adrian Yanez one. He, that's a JLT knockout of the night nominee as well. So between that, between Adrian Yanez, Miles Johns, and um, and Alexander Hernandez, there, those were three unreal knockouts. Yeah, they were awesome. There was a lot of stoppage. There might have been the first four stoppage. Yeah, I skipped a fight here. I didn't do it on purpose, but I should have. Cole Williams versus Jason Witt. Cole Williams, the worst bet I've ever placed in my life. <laughs> Same, dude. Same. <laughs> he was looking good at, like, what was he, one, 135 or something? I was thinking Jason Witt. This guy got He's like plus 150, I think I got yeah, him at. Yeah, he was – he closed at plus 155. Um, I was licking my chops like, man, Jason Witt, I just watched him get steamrolled by uh, – who was that? Japanese fighter. Um, uh Sato. Let me look it up real fast. Sato. Oh, Takashi Sato, which, I mean, Takashi Sato, he, he's good. He's the real deal. Oh, yeah. No, I wasn't saying that, but, I mean, I just didn't think. I'm like, this guy, he's just a uh, 
always always saw of him was being a punching bag well cole williams is even more of a punching bag i don't know what that was the worst bet i ever placed i don't think he landed a punch but um so i didn't skip it on purpose but my brain might have been uh just like just blacking out bad bets you can't be making bad bets discipline's the name of the game and that was a very undisciplined bet by me um so I was fine with it. I noticed I noticed you missed it. I didn't even say anything. I'm like, let's just let's just not do this one. <laughs> let's forget about let's let's forget about this because if he admits he, he bet on, then I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we'll move forward now to another fight. Uh Kevin Holland versus um Charlie Ontiveros. Uh the American bad boy. Was that his nickname? While we're doing what since we're the nickname guys? <laughs> was it the American bad boy? He doesn't even look American, honestly. <laughs> He doesn't look like a boy, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, he he has got a crazy haircut. He's a uh, a weird guy, and he was out he was out cold. They had they, they had to get a stretcher to take him off. Yeah, um, neck- John Anik had to come on and be like, uh, "He's all right. He's not dead. He's gonna be fine." Yeah, I think it was a neck strain or something from uh, Kevin Holland slamming him to the ground. Uh, what was this? Uh, Kevin Holland closed as a minus seven fifty, so a little bit of money came in on. Uh, Ontiveros, certainly just based off the fact that it was a uh, a Hail Mary possibility. But I'm not sure how many fights he was in. He shouldn't have been in there with Kevin Holland, and uh, he ended up getting hurt. Um, came came yeah, out with I a mean, quick axe kick, we've though. Seen, yeah, he looked, I, he looked kind of promising at the beginning. But, you know, one thing where I'm, I, I didn't put a bet down on Charlie Ontiveros, but I was kind of thinking about it just because we've seen Kevin Holland in the past kind of fight to the level of his right, competition. Used to all the time. Um, you know, and kind of uh, – Kind of just barely win some decisions against guys that he clearly should have smoked. Um, but I don't know if he's past that or if Charlie Ontiveros is just too bad to actually fight a close fight with. But not sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a, a nice finish. That slam was crazy. And, uh, yeah, and just complete domination for Kevin Holland there. Yeah, it was, a, it was an easy fight. Um, I had a weird feeling. I was like, man, this guy might get hurt. He looked like he looked... I don't know how to explain this. Maybe it's partially like mixed in with the vibe test, but he looked like he had a light, a light bone structure. So I was, uh, I was a little, wor- I was a little concerned. <laughs> You're taking uh, <laughs> ocular pat downs, dude. Yeah, I gave um, him again full body scan, bone density scan. I gave him an You're ocular pat down. The octagon now? He looked like he had a light bone structure. I'm just saying, and it, it turned out to be true. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't go. prove that I said that, but I did think it. I swear. So. Not much there other than first time in a while we've seen a guy stretchered out of the octagon. Good news, wasn't it was all just for a precaution. He had a strained neck from uh, getting the slam. So I'm um, su- surprised it doesn't happen more. Happy it doesn't happen more. But um, we'll move on then. We got Mo Green and uh, Greg Hardy. And what did we say last week? I'm pretty sure we both agreed Greg Hardy was probably going to uh, put Mo Green away. Oh no! Wait, I I bet I bet Greg Hardy by decision. Nah, we were thinking maybe a decision. I bet, on I bet this Greg one. Hardy by decision. Um, um, but but I think it should have been a decision because I think this was an early stoppage. So, um, very you know very early stoppage. I can see why the ref stopped it. So so let's t- take a look back at it, um, uh, like recap it a little bit. So Greg Hardy knocks him down, Maurice, and then go follows Maurice Green to the ground. He's laying tons of ground and pound, but Maurice Green is scrambling. Ref is right on top of him, just waiting. Um, but Maurice Green's moving. He's trying to get to a better position. Um, but then Greg Hardy lands one shot, and Maurice Green face plants for one second. But he almost 
like one second and the ref jumps in there. But if the ref didn't like before the ref was even able to stop it, he was already scrambling and moving. And uh, Morris Green was pretty pissed at the um, at that stoppage. I mean, he he looked like he might have been not cool, but just give him like one more second because he would have that fight would have kept going. It didn't look like Green was really phased at all. And I think he could have kept going. So I think that's an early stoppage. It's not necessarily a bad stoppage. I get why he did it because it did look bad for a split second. And the ref was right on top of it, so he was able to jump in right at that second. Yep. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think it was a little early. Once again, I don't think Greg Party, Hardy really <laughs> Greg Hardy, Greg Hardy really has that finishing power, um, and he didn't really have it in this one. But, I mean, that was kind of slick. It was like a – it was almost like a like a shovel jab that he that he knocked him down with, and uh, I was surprised that, that that strike was able to put Maurice Green to the ground. Yeah, um – that's the thing too. You hit it on the head. He has he has a reputation for having all this power because he because he was, I don't know. I guess a powerful NFL player. He was powerful NFL player, uh, DN. But he's never really had that great of that much power striking. But just since he's so goddamn big, you just assume like that's the big fella. He hits hard. But he did land a really solid right straight down the middle, in I think round one. But there's a good chance if that fight didn't get stopped, that he was going to – his cardio was not good. There's a good chance that that was going to sk- skate to a decision and he was going to win. Yeah, and that's another reason why he goes to decision so often because he's got about, you know, yeah, two rounds, maybe a round and a half of cardio. He's able to last the rest of, the, you know, the final round, but he's, you know, he's not going to be putting anybody out once he kind of starts to fade. So, I mean, I'm still – I still think that wasn't a bad call on Hardy by decision, so – uh, maybe I'm just being stubborn. But no, and whatever his next step up is, I would say I'll bet it by decision. Win or lose, it's going to depend on who it was. I would have bet Volkov, Greg Hardy by decision too. Um, it's just it's how, just how he fights. He's hard to get close to because he is so big and strong. Um, the somebody may, might beat him by submitting him, but you still got to get on top of him. Um, so and let's like I know this this you can get in trouble just for saying this online, but he's actually a pretty good fighter, all things considered. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about my take of the week being like, you know, if Greg Hardy was a lifelong mixed martial artist, he could be, you know, top five, you know, maybe even going for a title run at this stage, you know, getting into it so late. I don't think he's ever going to be competing for a title. But, you know, he he is, you know, surprisingly far along in his uh, you know development to uh, have just started, what, four or five years ago or something, three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, just a just just how good of an athlete do you have to be to be all pro defensive end? You have to have the size, the speed, the athleticism, all that involved. Um, I get, I, I, I say it all the time and I'm not taking anything away from MMA, but it's just a testament to how athletic those, those guys in the NFL are, especially that position. So that's why that, that position gets paid so much money. So yeah, I mean, if he had a lifetime of this and he grew to grew into that body and that size, I mean, you, who's going to stop him? I, he almost missed weight at 265, and he has abs. Yeah, he did miss weight his first attempt. He had to go back and then made weight the second I mean, time. Each but. arm weighs 100 pounds. Like how, it's, The guy is just massive. But, yeah, I mean, he, I still think, I mean, maybe he's perfect, perfect place, perfect time for him because the heavyweight division, no, they're, I don't think they're ever going to make him fight Francis Ngannou or anything like that. But he's going to keep getting favorable matchups, at least for the time being. Because I would say with some certainty, when they brought him into the UFC, it was butter him up for a few fights and then feed him to somebody because that's what the fans really want to see. And he's, I think he's really outperformed. So 
Um, I thought Mo Green had a chance on the ground, but even there, it's just like, and Maurice Green's a, also a very big guy, like even for heavyweights. So, but Greg Hardy just mauled him. Prince of War. Yep. The Prince of War. So we'll move on then to our next up. We have our co-main event. That was Bryce Mitchell versus Andre Feely. Another miss by me. I went ahead and bet Andre Feely by decision. Um, going into round three, I was feeling okay about that bet too. I thought it was one to one after two rounds. Um, Bryce Mitchell is just like just hillbilly Nurmagomedov. He really just swings wild, looks for the shot, tries to do the do the uh, takedown pressure. It's just, uh, I mean, it's very similar to a. It's like a. It's like like I said, the hillbilly Khabib fighting style. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he looked good in this fight. Um, you know, I was surprised we didn't really see him going for many submissions, if any, from what I really remember. Uh, wasn't able to set up that twister or anything like that at all. I think that's more Andre Feely just being, you know, a game veteran, not easy to submit. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looked good. Um, I thought he definitely won the first and the third round. I thought Feely probably won the second, but. I only one judge scored the second round for Feely. Oh, really? I think uh, two of the judges gave Bryce Mitchell 30-27. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Feely did enough to win that second round. He was uh, definitely, I thought, did more damage. I mean, Bryce Mitchell, he was landing ground and pound in the first and the third round, but it seemed like he took kind of a break in that second round, so I was kind of surprised. But either way, he looked pretty dominant. Um, I would like to, I would have liked to see him strike more and seen how he, he did on the feet standing a little more against Andre Feely. But I think we kind of saw that in the second round and maybe he was trying to do that and then, uh, kind of realized, you know, got to take this place to the ground. That's, that's where I'm winning this fight. So yeah, but uh, a good performance and I think we're going to keep seeing him getting good, you know, you know, better and better fights. Um, I just feel like he needs a little bit more development before he takes, a bigger leap up than Andre Feely. I'd like to see him stay in that same range for his next fight and then, uh, you know, give him a little bit more time to develop, get that striking more on par, you yeah. know, because if he if he takes too big of a jump up here, he's going to face somebody that he's not going to take down too easily and who's going to piece him up on the feet. So i like to see him develop a little bit longer, fight another guy around, you know, Andre Feely range, um, and, uh, and then go from there. Um, one guy, I think... Uh, um, might be good, or maybe someone like Darren Elkins, the damage. Um, that'd be a you know a good style matchup for him. I think at this point for his next fight. Yeah, we got the damage fighting on this upcoming week, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought that this was the week. See, when I was I like Bryce Bryce Mitchell a lot too, so I was a little worried that he was gonna this was gonna be like the Chase Hooper, um, fight. The only thing I care about with like these these young like prospects is that they're able to have enough time. To like, put on a put on a good, uh, an okay, uh, like a good showing, make a good showing for themselves. So, like, I was nervous for him that he, something was going to happen in the first round or whatever. But after ha- halfway through the round, I'm like, okay, whatever happens from here is all good with me. But it turned out to be legit. This didn't end up being the too big of a jump that I was afraid it was going to be. So, but I think you're right that probably don't go, don't take this win over Andre Feely and think that that means, um you can fight anybody because um, Andre Feely, although I gave him a lot of credit for being a veteran, beat some good guys and everything. He's had a pretty good career, still still in the prime. It's still not quite top tier. Maybe gatekeeper, would you call him? 
Uh, Andre Feely, definitely. Borderline gatekeeper. Definitely a gatekeeper. Gatekeeper to contenders. Yeah, he's like a gatekeeper to the top ten, probably. Yeah. Not really. You know, there's kind of levels of gatekeepers. I think. I think there's like a guy around, you know, to get in the top fifteen, a guy to get around top ten, and then a top five type gatekeeper. Yeah. I think he's more of a, you know, a top ten type gatekeeper than uh, anything else. But yeah, um, yeah, it's like for. For Bryce Mitchell right now, it's like, don't go up and fight Jeremy Stevens, I don't think. <laughs> don't go up and try to fight, like, Josh Emmett, you know. I'd, I'd like for him to stay, you know, right around where he's at right now. Um, but, yeah, don't go take Edson Barbosa or something, you know. Yeah. Be smart about this next fight. Yeah, I I agree. Or Shane Burgos. That, some of those seem like they'd be awful matchups for him at this stage. I think those are guys that he, he is going to beat at one point in his career, but... I think it's too soon right now. I agree 100%. So we'll move on from there. Uh, Bryce Mitchell did get the win by decision. Um, looked good. I think he probably impressed a lot of people. His stock's probably going to shoot up quite a bit. But um, move on to the main event. We had Uriah Hall versus Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's last fight closed at 235 underdog, and Uriah Hall closed at minus 275 favorite. I think that was pretty well in line. Um, I want to call myself out a little bit for making a statement that I thought that this was going to be a boring Anderson Silva fight and that I wasn't expecting a very inspired performance. I was wrong. This is like the most aggressive we've seen Anderson Silva in probably since Chris Weidman beat him. I don't know. Or maybe since he fought Michael Bisping. Um, He did lose. He got knocked out. He got knocked out because of his own aggression. He was just getting too wild out there. And Uriah Hall finally... Um, released the hand cannons on him and put him away. Um, wasn't expecting that. I was expecting a five-round decision. I was expecting a boring fight. I wasn't expecting Anderson Silva to win, but I wasn't really expecting him to lose that badly. I was just kind of expecting him to dance and goof off and thinking that Uriah Hall would just let Anderson Silva lead the dance. But um, I felt like Silva looked as good as he's looked in a long time. That said, everything said, glad he retired. I mean, he didn't want to retire, but I'm glad it was his last fight. Um, just doesn't need to go out there and BJ Penn himself to, uh, you know, another six losses or whatever. So, um, I mean, just closing the book on Anderson, this, I won't remember him for this fight, but it was good to see him go out there one more time. Yeah. And, uh, I thought he, yeah, had a pretty good performance until, until it wasn't, but, um, yeah, he came out that first round and I'm like, damn, we got ourselves a fight <laughs> here. He, it. You know, he brought it and yeah, me neither. He was really bringing, I'm like this, he could win this fight. Um, I kind of, I kind of wish they wouldn't have matched him up against somebody like Uriah Hall for his retirement fight. Like give him somebody you can just go out there and KO, you know, like we got plenty of bums. Yeah. Like, I, but I guess it's tough to make him a main event against some complete can, but I mean, it's Anderson Silva for his retirement fight. Everybody would have watched it no matter who the opponent was. So I think they definitely could have given him, uh, someone a little bit easier than Uriah Hall, but regardless, he went out there and looked pretty good against Uriah Hall. It's some, somewhat of a win for him, even though it's a loss. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought he looked good doing it. Um, sad to see him go, but I think it's, you know, it's, it's definitely time. Yeah. Israel Adesanya should have been his last fight. That was a, he put, he gave a great performance. Adesanya basically played with him, hung out with him on, in the octagon. They had some fun. That would have been the perfect last fight. He didn't need to do this. I do not understand this matchup either. Why would you give him a guy that's like either going to highlight KO him or um, just sit there and do nothing? Why couldn't they give him somebody with pillow hands or something, kickboxer with pillow hands or something, and not make him not make him go out like dripping blood? But they did what they did. Um, 
I don't know. Yeah, give him Char- give him Charlie Antiveros. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know about poor Charlie. He would might he might have <laughs> he might have left in even worse shape. Um, yeah, I mean, I never. I when's the last time you saw Anderson Silva bite down on his mouthpiece and really come at a guy and throw hard lefts? Um, hard. I mean, yeah, it's been a long time. It seemed like it seemed like he wanted to go out there and you know get a get a good win on you know for his retirement fight. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but still a good showing regardless. Yeah, and honestly, a good showing for Uriah Hall too. Um, he's starting to put together a little bit of a decent resume. He's like 36 years old, so it's I mean it's a little late, but. Um, starting to look a lot better. I think he recently changed camps. So I don't know what's next for him, but he could be uh, kind of shooting himself up into uh, contender territory as well. Yeah, I mean, 36. I think when Anderson Silva was 36, he was, uh, you know, the champion. Yeah, still at the top of his I think game. he had the belt. Um, you know, I don't think Silva came into the UFC until he was about like 32 years old or something. Yeah. Um, so he was um, definitely an older, you know, somebody who was in his prime later in, in life, you know. So um, definitely can be done, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, Uriah Hall's one of those guys. I'm not comparing him to, yeah, he's not Anderson Silva or anything, but he could be, you know, going on going on a run where he, you know, is improving. He seems like he's, you know, getting better as a fighter. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys where everybody has always, like, believed in him and then they, he lets them down. Everybody who's ever been on the Uriah Hall hype train has been disappointed greatly at some point or another along the way. Am I climbing on it right now? Maybe a little bit. Um, but I've already been let down, so I already know. So, But, I mean, he's always showed those, like, flashes of brilliance and then just kind of uh, just let it all fizzle out quickly. So how about after the fight, though? Uh, I mean, it was a nice moment, but, man, he – he wouldn't let go of Anderson Silva. He was just hugging him over and over and over. Did you see the end of it? Yeah. Yeah, I watched it. It's like when somebody but, shakes your yeah, hand. It was, and just it was a little weird. Like, we get it. It's like when somebody... He's your, he's your idol. They shake your you hand and they him. just don't let go. They just keep shaking and shaking and shaking. That's kind of what it was. Um, it was nice, though. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not a big fan of, like, the over-the-top, like, after you beat somebody and, like, run them in circles around the octagon holding up their hand, like... It's the Special Olympics or something. Yeah, I, I agree. But the one thing with this is it was real emotion. Like, he was bawling his eyes out, like, and apologizing to him for having to hurt him. Why did he uh, – I don't know. I going to say, why did this fight get made if they – like, usually you wouldn't give a guy a fight like this if you think that they're not even going to be able to keep their composure. But he got the job done. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of weird, too, a fight to make. Like, it's not like – it's not like Uriah Hall's a guy that they're trying to put over at this stage in his career either. He's had plenty of opportunities to get put over. And, you know, so like, you know, I usually they put, you know, a guy like Anderson Silva up against, you know, Israel Adesanya, a young that guy was the perfect to make fight. a name for and get some recognition. That you know? was the perfect fight. That was the perfect retirement for Anderson Silva. It was a literal torch passing. Um, That should have been his last fight. But... Whatever, it was a good fight. I mean, it sounds like Anderson Silva's still tra- planning on fighting again, whether most likely not in the UFC, since Dana said he's not going to let him. But, you know, if they don't, if the UFC doesn't offer, he does have one fight left on his contract, I heard Anderson Silva yep. does. But, um, you know, so he's not technically allowed to talk to any promotions. But I think it's in the contracts. If you don't, if the UFC doesn't offer a max amount of fights per year, then, you know, he, the contract is void. So, I mean, it will come to a point relatively soon. I think where basically he's a free agent and, and can talk to other 
other, you know, promotions. But I couldn't imagine Dana, like, letting someone like Anderson go to Bellator. Yeah. Um, how, we freeze yeah, a little bit there? Yeah, froze a little bit there. That's all right. Um, how about Anderson Silva versus Chris Lieben, the rematch in bare-knuckle boxing? Let's do it. <laughs> Sign me up. Anderson still wins that fight. But, um, yeah, so that that's our recap there. So, um Anderson Silva's last fight. I mean, it was kind of surreal, but uh, we'll move on to our stocks. Um, our fighter stocks. We'll move on to our fighter stocks here. Anyway, on a positive note, George St. Pierre is back. Fighting business, it's like the stock market. Some guys, sometimes their stock is high, some guys their stock is low, and it's a question of timing. I wanted to make a big boom in my comeback, and like I said, it's like the stock market. Right now, the guy who has the highest stock right now, it's Michael Bisping. Um, we'll start with who do you got going up? Okay. I'm going to uh, just make this one quick because the prelims were unreal. Every winner on the prelims except for Strong, Sean, Sean Strickland. Not that Sean Strickland's not going up. He got a win. Uh, but um, every winner on the prelims except for him, uh, definitely going up. Tons of nice knockouts, submission. It was... Uh, you know, the prelims were uh, were fun to watch for sure. Yeah, um, I'll go with uh, Bryce Mitchell going up. Um, I just think they're, the way they're building him is it's going to work. I think uh, he's already – like, Bryce, do you think that Bryce Mitchell plays a little bit of a character or do you think that's 100% authentic? I think it's 100% authentic. Well, if that's the case, that's awesome. If not, then he's an incredibly good actor because it does appear to be 100% legit. I think he's about just about as big of a redneck as he gets. So, yeah, I think it's legit. I love it. So, Bryce Mitchell's stock goes up, though. They seem like the guy out on, on, on this whole card that they're trying to build the most. And uh, he performed. Yeah. Uh, and I got Kevin Holland going up. Um, you know, when your opponent leaves the octagon on the stretcher, your stock's going up. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I got Alexander Hernandez going up. Um Weirdest, weirdest body build in the UFC. Kind of looks like Foghorn Leghorn, but switch camps. Um, looked like a completely different fighter. Fought a bum, so they're clearly trying to rebuild him and it working, so uh, stock goes up. Yep, and then I got Tiago Moises. Uh, beat one of the, the COVID kings, uh, Bobby Green, so uh, got his stock going up. Yeah, uh, we didn't even talk about that fight, but let me just quick note. Nine fight parlay. Only guy that lost for me was Bobby Green. Man, that killed me. How can Bobby Green? Yeah, came out there and goofed off. Wild man, though. Still like Bobby Green, but yeah, Tiago Moises, uh, much improved. Um, so yeah, stock goes up. Uh, Adrian Yanez, stock definitely goes up. Um, similar to uh, Bryce Mitchell, I think his stock goes up almost as much as anybody's. Just putting himself on the map. Yep, I got uh, Greg Hardy going up, um, showing that he can go out there and hang with the, you know mostly every guy they put in front of him. So. Yeah, we got Greg Hardy going up. All right. Well, that's all I got. You got any more going up? Uh, no. All right. We'll start with going down. Who do you want to start with going down? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Bobby Green yeah. for losing your parlay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was on a huge run. COVID king. Forgot forgot about Bobby Green. Yeah, not necessarily. I don't think he goes down that much. But, I mean, since we didn't talk about his fight, um, he just didn't do enough it's like it's he could have easily won that fight it was there for the taking and he just didn't throw enough volume it just was like what are you doing man you got to get started you got to get going and then he thinks he won at the end of the fight he's like holding up his arms and stuff like 
come on. And you lost yourself that fight. There was no reason for you not to win that fight. There was nothing he was doing to stop you from winning that fight. You just didn't do enough, and you could have done enough from what I from what I could see. So, yeah, definitely Bobby Green on the way down. Yeah, that one killed me. Goes down in my personal book too. Uh, Chris Grutzenmacher, um, don't can't be working out in a garage for two years and coming in and fighting a guy like Alexander Hernandez. Um, I guess two years ago he got his biggest win ever, and then he disappeared for two years and then came back to fight Alexander Hernandez. So his stock was kind of wishy-washy. What were we going to get out of him? And uh, definitely a terrible performance. Stock goes down. Yep. Charlie Antaveros, stock going down. Whenever you got to leave the octagon and the stretcher, your your stock's on the decline. That stock may no longer be trading. <laughs> that one, or it may be buy. It might be very low. We might be able to buy very low. Low goes down, but maybe a buy on the regional fight scene. Um, right. Um, I don't. I don't know if I have anywhere to go down. Let me let me look it over one more time. Oh, Cole Williams, stock goes down. He very well may be cut from the UFC by now. I'm not sure. Yep. And then uh, final one, it's not really going down. We got one going off the market, retirement for Anderson Silva. So Anderson Silva is no longer trading. Yeah, what a stock that was for a long, long time. Blue chip stock for a long, long time. Um, Sad to take it off the market. But, you know, everybody, he fought till he was 45 years old. That's, that's, That's a heck of a career, so... Um, that'll do it for fighter stocks. Yeah. Move on to our isn't he awesome? Uh, you want to start us off with isn't he awesome? You, you know, you, you know, you know what Connor told me. He says I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? He's like I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah, Connor what? McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, he's, t- he's, he's, he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather, and then he's talking about Khabib in Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. Somebody. You know? I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy, and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather, and I want fucking Khabib in Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? Yep, I'm going with uh, my isn't he awesome this week, John Jones. Um, our boy. You no, know, two reasons for our boy John Jones, the JLT, JLT friend, guy, friend of the program. Um, Johnny Bones. So, yeah, really good friend of the program, best friend of the program. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm putting him uh, on my isn't he awesome one because. I just think he played this perfectly. He retires, um, and now he is going to have the biggest possible fight uh, lined up as long as Adesanya gets past uh, Jan Blachowicz. Um, this is a fight that probably wouldn't have happened unless this whole scenario played out, um, or if it did happen, wouldn't have as much heat, and he wouldn't have get be getting as big a payday as I expect that he'll get if you know providing Adesanya is able to get past Blachowicz. Um, you know, I think. If Adesanya is able to come, become the two division champion uh, and you know retain the 205 belt, um, there's no bigger fight the UFC can make. Uh, not John Jones at heavyweight. Not John Jones versus DC. John Jones versus Israel Adesanya is going to be a blockbuster. So um, I think you know John Jones surprisingly p- played this one perfectly, and uh, it all is lining up now for uh, for him to get a, that huge payday he was looking for. Um, Second reason is something we'll talk about more later. 
Um, John Jones just finds himself in these weird situations all the time. Um, you know, he stopped those looters in Albuquerque, and now someone is uh, bur- trying to rob one of his cars in his driveway, and um, and he chases him down with a shotgun and uh, puts him under a citizen's arrest, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, he sounded like he pointed, pointed his weapon at him. So, yeah, I mean, John Jones, friend of the program. Um, yeah, I mean, can we just make like a, a – uh, e shake of a zoom shake that if uh, John Jones fights Israel Adesanya, we'll be there in person. Let's do All it. All right, I like it. Um, yeah, you're that's John Jones. Since you're a since you're a friend of the program, if you can hook us up with some tickets, that'd be nice. That's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna DM him. I'm gonna get a hold of our guy. Yeah, you're in the DM. Yeah. Hey, cashing in on that content we're creating for you. Can you get us some uh, some uh, floor seats for the yeah. uh, fight? Let me get it nice and close. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean things seem to be shaping up for him. Also, he's the goat and uh, the goat, the the goat of the of goats. So, and while well, you got John Jones, isn't he awesome? Somebody somebody commented to Dana during the press conference about something about something about John Jones being the greatest of all time, and and Dana said, "Oh well, I never said Khabib was the greatest of all time. I said Khabib is the pound for pound number one right now." So Dana kind of went back on his words. So um, things are looking up for John Jones right now. Dana realized he's got to start selling the selling this fight. But, yeah, I mean, perfect. Um, Maya's new awesome this week. Switch sports over to boxing. After the event last week, uh, the Silva Hall fight, I switched over to Showtime and watched uh, Gervonta Tank Davis, one of the young guys. I'm not sure how old he is. He's really young. But there's about six of these young guys in boxing. They all talk. They all talk around the clock, all talk shit. None of them will fight each other. They're all protected. But it's like the exact opposite of what – uh, they do an MMA where they actually make them fight. Finally fought a legit fighter, Leo Santa Cruz, and absolutely put him in the shadow realm. I don't know if you've seen this knockout or not, but it was scary. I thought that I thought that Santa Cruz was dead. Um, legit. F- really? No, I didn't see it. I'm gonna look yeah, it up right yeah, now. Yeah, look this up. Javante Davis. Also, sick brag. I put a prop bet in for a fifth or sixth round, fifth and and or sixth round, fifth and sixth round uh Gervonta Davis winning so it was like plus 550 I had a feeling if it went further than that he would tire out and it would go to decision but I mean this guy he's got like he's like a mini Mike Tyson and I wasn't I wasn't sure I was yeah, so, he, I wasn't sure I was sold on him I wasn't so I was not sold on him I saw him have a few poor performances where he knocked out cans but not look so great in him this this absolutely sold he, me I am yeah, he's Floyd's guy, right? Yeah, he's uh, Floyd's probably his biggest prospect right now, especially after this. Yeah, he has been for a while. He fought he fought on the prelims for the Mayweather card, right? And uh, I think he was the co-main, technically, even though there's not really any co-main in these boxing fights. But, yeah, he I've, I've been hearing about him for quite a while. I didn't watch the fight, but I just watched that knockout, and, geez, he puts this guy to sleep. That's not just Jesus. a bomb either. That's a legit... That's a legit fighter. I mean, he's only he only had one other loss and he he avenged it. I mean, he was like 31 and 1 or something. He's 33 and years old. Little guys like this, you know, little guys like that in boxing, they don't, you know, there's not a ton of knockouts like that in boxing with those big gloves and stuff. So that's that is impressive. He went he was out cold. Dude, it was for a long time. You couldn't see that he was breathing. It was pretty scary. Again, a guy never even been never even been dropped before, and also Santa Cruz was winning that fight up until that point. 
He just got a little too hey, you see the, a little too excited to get into a war with him. What's up? You see Proper 12, the yeah. main logo on the yeah. center of the, the ring? Yeah. I think Connor posted a video of it or a picture of it on his Instagram. Proper 12 is taking over. They're not here to take part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so Gervonta Davis, I'm on board, all, all aboard. Um, see what he's got going forward, but that's a huge win. The first real serious win, and he's the first one of his little stable of or crop, not stable, because none of these guys are his teammates. This little, this little class, I would call it, of uh, young fighters that have all just been dragging out these. I mean, they they they're on social media more than they're in the gym, but um, took a huge first step. Uh, so he's my isn't he awesome this week? Nice. All right, move on to our call ups. All right, moving on. You want me to go first? Let's do it. All right, I'm actually gonna. Uh, sure. I'm gonna stay in boxing. Um, my call out this week is Deontay Wilder. Did you see his two-minute video that he posted where he no. where he accuses Tyson Fury of having egg weights in his gloves? He accuses his coach of being disloyal for throwing in the towel and poisoning his water and putting muscle relaxers in his water. Um, man, what else did he say? Um, the, the gloves, Tyson Fury's gloves were altered. His hands weren't wrapped correctly. He had heavy weights. He had weights in his gloves. A two-minute video is the most delusional thing I've ever heard in my whole life. Like, I get and making excuses. It's not like this just happened. You know, <laughs> this this is like where's he coming up with this a year later? That's that's crazy. I don't know, and he got his ass kicked so bad, and it's fine, man. He he said that uh uh what did he say? Something something he put in his glove left a dent in his head, and that's how he knows that uh that he had a like a an egg-sized weight in his glove. And that his his uh, his gloves were altered so he could bend his wrists. Man, it was it was two minutes long. It was somebody made made and edited this video. He called. He said a disloyal coach. Uh, somebody put muscle relaxers in his water bottles. He had no control over his legs or his body. Man, who's there? Was GSP there? <laughs> I don't know. Who GSP's running things for uh, Tyson Fury, showing him all the tricks. I guess I don't know. Yep. So, so yeah. First, you got to poison your opponent's water tank. <laughs> then you got to cheat and miss weight. Then you got to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, there was hand wrap issues in that too. Remember, Jake Shields was trying to get into GSP's locker room and saying that there was something up with GSP's hand wraps. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Straight out of the GSP. And it's playbook. like maybe you got a dent in your skull, Wilder, because you got the shit beat out of you. <laughs> Maybe it was from that dumbass thing you wore into the octagon. Yeah, that was his, the octagon. The that ring. was his first excuse was that the costume weighed like eighty five pounds, and that's one thing I cannot stand about boxing. They let these guys do as long of a walkout as they want. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it it was ridiculous. That was the most ridiculous Although, walkout ever. Yeah, so Gervonta, he went from that to a year later. He's coming up with all these other conspiracy <laughs> theories. Like you didn't notice the dent in your head a year ago. <laughs> That, uh, and he made a video and somebody edited the video. The video was like cinematic. Like it, there's music and then it's like, it's a, it's a manuscript that somebody wrote for him or he wrote for himself. So, um, but Gervonta had a, had a little Uzi Vert walk out with him rapping. So, but it was quick and it was quick and simple. So, I mean, I'm way more inclined to be a fan of that than, uh, than wearing an 80 pound costume with bat with batteries in it. Like, uh, Deontay Wilder did. So, 
Agreed. Yeah, that that's insane. I hadn't heard that. I'm reading a little article on it up right now, but what? yeah, wow, that's that's another level of delusion. It's like that's a where was this? This this fight didn't just happen, man. Like where you're coming up with all of this, you're making a huge video. Like yeah, it was like a year ago. That's wasn't Diaz it? bro like, level uh, times ten. Uh, it's worse. At least they come out with the accusations right away, um, and you know he's got for all of these different things to happen. Not only did he. You know, not only did he have to poison your water with laxatives and and muscle relaxers, he had to, you know, he didn't just poison your water. He put weights in his gloves and he uh, turned your coach against you. It's like, what? What? Like, I don't think he needed to go through all of this. He's the superior fighter, man. And he killed him. He just beat the piss out of him. And the ref, I don't think the re- I did see I did see some stuff about uh what or about uh fury's gloves like being taped weird like right after i've the seen fight, pictures of the stuff, gloves but... bending funny like his hands aren't all the way in them so he has like a he has like motion in them but i don't know they're in they're uh, a member of wilder's team watches fury they have agree- agreements where the they watch each other tape each other's uh, gloves up so or get taped up so i don't know man delusional yeah but his team was compromised <laughs> That is true. He didn't have a Jake Shields <laughs> on his team. Nope. All right. Well, that'll do it for my call out. Um, All right. Go ahead. Ready? Yep. All right. This one I'm going to do. I might have done this one before. I can't remember. But if I did, it was like when nobody was listening. So I'll do it again. Um, go to Starbucks. I haven't gotten, gotten Starbucks in a while, but I haven't really gotten iced coffee. Get an iced coffee. And you don't, there's no straws in Starbucks anymore. It's like one of these places that are anti-straws going green. And, uh, and yeah, you got to drink out of a sippy cup all the time. Like, I just want, I just want a straw, man. I don't care about, about anything. I just, I don't care about the plastics in the ocean. There's not that many straws in the ocean. So just give me a break. You're in the desert. And yeah, and I'm in the desert. I'm just nowhere in the ocean. There's no turtles near here. Just give me a fucking straw so I can drink my iced coffee and and be done with it and also well i'm i'm pretty hot about this though the bears are just the biggest letdown ever i called them out i gave them i said i was gonna call or give them the isn't he awesome every week they won they might just get a little extra call out at the end uh every week they lose they lost it was embarrassing it's really tough to be a bears fan yeah they made it to overtime but that did not go well um, Dunkin' Donuts. It was even Dunkin worse. Dunkin' Donuts will Get, give you a straw though. Making it was even worse. Oh yeah, it was worse. I would have, I would, I would rather lost at the, you know, just miss the field goal. That's just prime bears would be missing the field goal anyway. So I rather, I would just would have rather that happen. Just a quick, quick and painless death. I knew after they didn't score in OT the first time that it was not going well. Um, back to your coffee though. Dunkin' Donuts won't do that to you. You, they will give you a straw. Fuck yeah, Dunkin' Donuts here I come. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts, they always put, like, 100 creams if you ask for cream or, at all. Like, I feel like it's so fucking sweet. But uh, I'll have to try them out. I haven't had Dunkin' Donuts in a while. I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy, but I, I don't get uh, cream or sugar. But I do drink iced coffee around the clock. That's Illinois talk, too. I drink, yeah. I'm drink. i a year-round iced coffee drinker. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge coffee drinker. But when I do, and when I drink an iced coffee, I want a fucking straw on it. Yeah, um... Yeah, I agree. So, like, I didn't know how much is straws saving saving the environment from plastics. I mean, there are way bigger things we can cut out than a goddamn straw at at my in my coffee. So, I mean, let's let's look at a lot of other things before we get to straws. Why did we 
um, start with, you know, the um, the most important, the least of the problem. Yeah, the most important utensil you started with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, and the one that creates probably the the least waste. I mean, I I gotta imagine there's a lot more things that are causing more plastic into the ocean. Than the straws. cups are still plastic. So yeah, good. Yeah, and the cups are cups are way bigger. Um, at least they don't try to do the paper straws. Though. Those are disgusting. Oh my god! I think that <laughs> was your call. Don't get me started I think, on the fucking paper straws. I think that was your call out like six months ago. The paper straw. Yeah, I think it was. Because I did have a paper straw somewhere. And they're fucking brutal, they're man. disgusting. They don't even work halfway through your drink. It's gross. You start taking tasting paper. You might as well roll up a newspaper and deep throat it. It's the, That's what it's like. It is absolutely grotesque. Yeah. yeah, plastic straws. Yeah, I don't know what's worse. No straw or plastic straws. I, probably plastic. Or probably, I mean, paper straws. Yeah. Paper straws are brutal. So a sippy cup's probably better than that. But just give me a fucking plastic straw. Yeah, you might just have to start carrying them on. You can still buy them from the store. Yeah, that's true. I'll keep a stash in my glove box. Keep a case on you. <laughs> You're going to be dealing <laughs> them soon. Steal, deal them outside Starbucks. People are willing to pay five bucks for right. coffee. They'll be, they're willing to pay a dollar for a straw. That's true. I like that. All right, so we turned a negative into a positive there. All right, we'll move on then to our weekly news then. Um after we'll start off with Anderson Silva getting stopped by Uriah Hall. We talked about the fight a lot, but what did you think of uh, Dana White's comments afterwards, basically saying that, like, I shouldn't even have made this fight? And do, do you think he still has that same, like, remember how much he disliked Anderson Silva at times during his career? Um, yeah, like after the Damian Maia fight. That was the first thing that came to my mind was after the Damian Maia fight, he was – we've seen guys do worse than that, than what he did in the Damian Maia fight. Like, was, was the Damian Maia fight that bad? It was par- a big part of it was because it was in Abu Dhabi. It was first time in maybe the first time in Abu Dhabi, and he was yeah. I think it was like a big event. He was trying and a to lot impress, of hype around it. He was trying to impress the Abu Dhabi people, and I don't know. I guess he just wanted him. He wanted he wanted Anderson Silva to flatline Damian Maya, and he thought he could have, and he didn't. But I don't think. It- but it's like Dana White. That's like your fault. That's an <laughs> awful matchup if you're trying to get. Anderson Silva to go out there and Anderson Silva somebody. Why are you putting up him up against a dangerous grappler? Like, yeah. at, at least if you expect him to do that in Abu Dhabi, like, make give him the matchup to do it. You know, give him chill. And yeah, or uh, yeah, Rich Franklin or somebody, or you know, any one of those guys that he beat the shit out of. Slow white. Yeah, guys. it was like he he bragged to Abu Dhabi like, "Don't worry, he's gonna do his magic trick. Just wait." And then he didn't do it, and he got so mad that he wouldn't put the belt on him, but. Apparently this, I'm thinking that that some of that may have been carrying over to this day because man, he did, just didn't have a lot of nice things to say about Anderson Silva. I thought that was kind of weird. That's and it wasn't a bad fight either. No, you know, no, he was competitive against Uriah Hall. It wasn't like he's like, all right, Anderson, I'm going to give you a retirement fight against uh, Anthony Smith, and uh, you can just beat him up like everyone else does and uh, uh, ride off into the sunset. He gave me Uriah Hall, who is. Like the terrible matchup from the start because he's either gonna do highlight highlight knock him out or he's gonna just stand there. But either way, he's dangerous. He he could have given him a pillow handed kickboxer. Like I said earlier, we're basically circling back to what we talked about earlier. But as far as the matchup goes, but really didn't do him. I mean, top competition, and he still was winning two of the three rounds. Or did it go into the fourth round? Fourth round, I think it finished. Yeah, he won the first. I definitely. I think he won the first two for sure. Yeah. So he was very competitive, 
if his chin held up like it used to hold up, I think he could have won that fight. And it's not like he got KO'd that badly either. No. It wasn't like it wasn't like brutal or anything. It was a safety stoppage. It was a good stoppage, but it was a safe stoppage. Um, yeah. So it's like I don't get what the, you know, what Dana's like. I should have never done this for. Like I don't see anything about the fight that's like overly like you know unbelievable. Shouldn't have been. Shouldn't have happened. Yeah, I mean he was kind of just like peeing on his grave. It was like I, don't know, I didn't. I felt like it was not equivalent to what we saw and what uh anderson Silva's has done for the for yeah, the promotion i give anderson some respect you know it's his last fight he's done more for the ufc than you know 99 percent of the guys that's ever been on the roster so like yeah what's up with that <laughs> i'm not a big you know i'm usually a huge fan of dana but there are times where i definitely don't agree with him this being one of yeah, them yeah it was like a borderline uh i mean he just had a he had a small axe to grind and he's not good at hiding it when he does but yeah, I mean, so if that's the, it doesn't sound like uh, Anderson Silva would be getting any of those legacy positions like um, Chuck Liddell got back in the day or whatever. So um, we'll see how that unfolds over time. He'll definitely be in the Hall of Fame, though. So, But uh, Dana did say that he had meetings with Israel Adesanya, and his next fight will be 205 title fight against Jan Blachowicz. Uh, I do have some numbers here. Adesanya opening, uh, there's futures out on him on best fight odds, minus 300. Jan Blockowitz plus 250. And then he said if, he, if and when he beats Jan Blockowitz, he's going to fight John Jones. Um, Adesanya plus 160, John Jones minus 200. Either of those lines, what do you wow. think? Um, either of those lines. Uh, what was the, what's Jan again? Adesanya minus 300, Jan plus 250. Yeah, I mean, it is moving up in weight, but I mean, I think. I mean, providing, I mean, Adesanya's been rocked, though, so going, you know, and he has been knocked out and kickboxing by some heavy, heavy punchers, so going up in weight's not going to do him any favors, but I think he has the, you know, he has the footwork, he has the technique, he has the skill to kind of piece up Jan, so I, you know, I think barring Jan getting in there and landing, you know, the perfect shot, which can, could happen, I think he could surprise him, I just think it's doubtful. Um, and I think, uh, I think Adesanya, especially if he comes in there, um, you know, a lot of these moving up in weight is a really smart move if done correctly. There's guys who do it correctly and there's guys who don't do it correctly. I don't think Israel Adesanya has necessarily given himself enough time to do it correctly, but I think he has, I think he's quicker. He's, you know, he has a, a big enough speed advantage and uh, footwork and technique advantage over Jan Blackwitz to be able to um, give up the size in this fight. You know, we've seen guys like Max Holloway moving up to fight Dustin Poirier, didn't do yeah, it Yeah, that was terrible. You know, a lot of these guys, when you move up, you want to take the time. You want to take six months. You want to take a year to put on the weight and fill out the frame for, you know, for the next division up. Um, and, you know, we've seen guys do it right. We've seen guys do it wrong. Um, obviously, there's not going to be enough time for Adesanya to really do it right unless he, like, immediately after that last fight has been starting to put on that weight. Um, but we'll see. Um, John Jones fight though. Um, and that's an interesting line there. Um, it's like, there's things we got to kind of unpack here on the John Jones one. It's, do we think John Jones's 
you know, close recent fights are because he's not getting up for his level of competition. You know, we do, we have seen him like against OSP. He looked like kind of like shit kind of came in there, got the win, but it was way closer than it needed to be. Then he comes back and fights unbelievably against DC comes out, you know, when he seems like when he's motivated, he comes out there with, you know, a performance that can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, he gets a few more fights here. Um, there's Tiago Santos and, um, Mr. Receded and Hairline, um, that had, uh, you know, he doesn't look very good. And, but once again, it's a step down, it's a fight that he can't get up for. So it's kind of like, do we think possibly maybe he is just losing a step and it was just old guy versus old guy when he fought DC and, um, or, you know, do we think it's a motivation issue? If it's a motivation issue, I think, and he gets up for this fight, I think it's John Jones all day. If it is that he's losing a step, then, you know, that plus 160 on Adesanya looks enticing, especially if we see him really blow through um, uh, Jan Blockowitz and prove that he can, you know, handle that size discrepancy. Yeah, and if it's a kickboxing match, you have to take Adesanya. It's, yeah, it's just a, I guess the John Jones one's too far out. I'm sure there'll be plenty of movement in the line, but... Um, and we see, you know, John Jones, he he can wrestle, man. Yeah. Um, and can Israel Adesanya stop the takedown from a wrestler like John Jones at 205 pounds? I don't know. Yeah, and I would say his game plan, not to compare these two guys, but his game plan would be similar to what he did to Gustafson in the second fight, would be to try to get him down and flatten him out, um, take his back. Not that I'm saying gu- that Gustafson was comparable to um, – Adesanya, he's not, but he's a he is a, a striker, boxing heavy striker, and uh, once he got him to the ground, he was just able to have his way with him. I think that would for sure be the game plan. Um, like you said, I I I don't know. John's in an interesting position right now, and so is Adesanya. So uh, we got to get to that fight first, though. He's got to beat Jan Blachowicz. We've seen these fights get ruined before. So um, I think minus three hundred over Blachowicz at the moment. I think that's fair. Um, I, I'm surprised it's not a little bit closer because I think Jan's kind of resurgence is, uh, would, would have some people willing to take a flyer on him. But, um, I think Adesanya's star power probably far exceeds, far exceeds what, uh, Jan's, Jan's come up has been. So pretty interesting though. Uh, next bit of news from Dana as well. We got, uh, Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier too. Dana says this is a done deal as far as he knows. Um, this fight will be at 155, so uh, we were talking about it being at 170, being a huge letdown, and that's not going to be the case. I saw a tweet from Connor that said... Yeah, I, th- I think the reason why they confirmed 155 so soon is it's you know it's possibly going to be an interim or legit title fight. Like So I think they have to make sure that weight's at 155 in case... I don't know if they're going to make it a title fight but they could make it an interim if they're unsure it could be coming back so they love the interims yeah definitely um dustin poirier tweeted though that he has not got the contract yet i think he tweeted today stop yeah, playing games on the contract I, I mean i think it's more like you know dana's saying it's a done deal usually if when dana's saying it's a done deal but it hasn't been officially released that because that's because he's trying to leverage somebody on on it which probably is connor at this point um, it's like, why is Dustin not getting the contract to sign? It's probably because Connor's kind of wishy-washy on it would be my, 
yeah. my opinion. Now, maybe it's Connors holding out to see if they can make it a title fight or interim title fight. I don't know. Um, so I think if they don't, if we don't hear something definitive from somebody other than Dana, just saying, as far as I know, it's a done deal until we, if we don't hear something that, you know, Dustin's got a contract or it's more definitive than, than what it is now that I think every day this gets less and less likely to happen. Yeah. That's how it's been in the past for sure. And yeah, if Dustin's the guy you're waiting for, like he would sign for not, he wouldn't, he'll sign it without reading. He might not even be able to read. Um, he'll, he'll sign it on site. So if he hasn't got the contract yet, that Poor, yeah, little hillbilly hasn't got the contract. Poirier is thirsty, dude. <laughs> He's thirsty for this fight, man. He wants it so yeah. bad. He would he would sign it on site without reading it. So, yeah, I think you're right, though. Um, hopefully we get hear something soon, though. Uh, last bit of news we have, like you said, alluded to this earlier, John Jones. Somebody saw that John Jones dropped one spot in the pound-for-pound rankings and decided it was a good time to try to rob him. Maybe he's gotten soft. And uh, didn't go so well. Um, came out, pointed a shotgun at him, and uh, citizen arrested him. I don't know if the guy had any of his stuff or whatever, but I guess it's just proof. Just because he's number two pound for pound now does not mean he's an easy guy to rob. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's kind of a crazy story. I mean, John just sees it on the ring doorbell, runs out, puts the shotgun to the guy's window. That's that's pretty basically to his that's head. Pretty hardcore. Basically to his head. Yeah. I mean, dude i'm not fucking with john jones i'm glad he's a fr- friend of the program man. yeah and i think you said you said it perfectly this guy finds himself in these situations it's crazy i've never heard of it ha- crazy shit happening to anybody more than john jones i mean whether it's you know him hiding under octagons to get away from drug tests whether he's whether he's um you know on the streets of albuquerque stopping riots whether he's um you know altercations with whoever it's it's crazy he you know the trouble seems to find him even when he's just hanging at his house now yeah. so but I, I love it man I, I love it I love seeing these kind of stories it's just you know a badass Chaotic. John Jones just stopping uh we love the chaos you know stopping a burglar it's the chaos we love we're here for chaos chaotic yeah. John and Jones he does is it fun. right like John Jones does it right we saw how Anthony Smith handled the burglar in his home and now we see how John Jones handles a bur- burglar in his home. It's a re- there's a reason why John Jones is the GOAT and Anthony Smith is who he is. Um, and it just goes to show in how they handle a home intruder. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, I would say John did a better job. Um, so that'll do it for our news. We'll move on to our fight preview now. We got um, Tiago Santos versus um, Glover Teixeira in what should be. This is a really interesting uh, event here, and I'm gonna pull up the odds really quick. Uh, we'll start with the main event here. We got Glover to share plus 200 moved. These moved a little bit. Uh, Tiago Santos minus 240. Tiago Santos coming off a long layout. His last fight was John Jones split decision loss, um, where he tore literally everything in his knees and broke a bone in his leg. Unbelievable amount of damage he had. Uh, Glover to share coming off two good wins, but he uh, uh, to a few good wins. Um, but he is older, 41, 42 years old. Uh, this is a classic fight of two guys who have both beat the living shit out of Anthony Smith, and uh, now they're going to go at it, go at each other for what could have been for a title shot, but now appears it won't be, just a number one contender spot. Um, I don't know. It's interesting to think uh, what what how Tiago Santos Tiago Santos is going to be coming off these injuries. 
a little bit of, uh, I was looking into Tiago Santos. He had something like, he was fighting five fights a year, 2018, 2019, or 2017, 2018. And then he tore his knee and he's been off for over a year and a half now. Um, He's only had one loss that I always think of. David Branch put, touched them right on the button in round one, about two, uh, probably 2017, I believe. That's his only loss in a long time. Uh, otherwise, he's been on a really solid run. Um, but I think I'm leaning towards Tiago Santos winning this fight is the point I'm trying to get to, even though I think Glover Teixeira looked really good in his last fight. Um, but Anthony Smith did have some success in the first round, even though he spent his whole gas tank. And uh, I think uh, unless it goes to the ground, I think Tiago Santos wins this fight. Yeah, here's here's how I see this one going. And I don't really know who's going to win, but here's the, the paths that I see this fight going down. Path number one, we see, we've see we seen Glover in his recent fights. He's a somewhat slow starter, it seems like. It takes him a while to get the feel down. Against somebody like Tiago Santos, he comes out throwing bombs. I think... If Tiago Santos is going to win this fight, it's going to be by knockout early. I'm thinking first or second round. If Glover is going to win this fight, he's probably going to lose the first and probably the second round. Maybe the second round will be close. I think he usually loses the first round and a half. So, um, but you know, I think it presents an interesting live bet opportunity possibly if uh, if Glover's still in it after round two. Um, but. You see, we see uh, Glover getting better as the fight goes on. It seems like he kind of finds his rhythm. Um, Tiago Santos coming off those knee injuries and stuff like that, maybe he hasn't been able to do the cardio that he usually is able to do. Um, you know, he probably can't run quite as much, uh, so he hasn't wasn't able to run for probably about a year with all those yeah. ligaments and whatnot. So maybe we see a gas tank being uh, an issue for Tiago Santos. Not only does his gas tank start wearing down faster, we see Glover usually picking up steam in these in the third round. So, um, yeah, I think Tiago Santos to win this fight, he needs to get it done early, first or second round. If it gets past the second round, I think we're looking at uh, Glover being a live dog. But it's just, is that going to happen? Tiago Santos has crazy power, and Glover's getting older. Um, he has somewhat had a chin, but he's also been knocked out. So, um, yeah, I think that's the tale of this fight, whether... You know, if Santos is able to finish it early, if not, you know, I think Glover is probably pretty live here in this in that spot. But I mean, it'll be interesting to watch. I I don't know. Take you, you know, I don't know who I would pick in this one, but you know, take who you think. If you think Tiago's going to get it done early, you go with him. If you think you know this fight may go into the later rounds, you you might look at Glover on this one. Yeah, that's a that's a perfect breakdown. My thought was that I th- I'm I am thinking Tiago Santos early. I'm expecting him to come back um, 100%. I mean, that's a big if, but um, Anthony Smith, I think, did hurt Glover a little bit in their fight before he completely before he completely gassed out. And I'm not trying to do MMA math here and say that if Anthony Smith can hurt a guy, then a, a normal man could kill him. But um, I am I am saying that if 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 he if Glover starts that slow against Tiago Santos on two legs, could be trouble. But um, the odds do reflect that at minus 240, so a lot of people are thinking uh, Tiago Santos, and I think I think that's a little bit disrespectful to Glo- to Glover based on his past few performances. So, just have to see what happens. Um, next fight, co-main event. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? All right. Uh, nope. All right. Next fight, 
uh, co-main event, Andre Arlovsky. Uh, plus 235 versus Tanner Bulldozer Bozer. Minus 275. Uh, Tanner Bozer, another co- king of the COVID. Um, probably getting his biggest fight of his life. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the other fights was Philip Lenz. In the future here, we may say his biggest fight was the Cyril Gain, who looks like he might be a problem. But, um, I mean, when he fought him, he was, you know, pretty much nobody. So, um, but, you know, in five, ten years, maybe maybe that Cyril Gain fight looks like the, or Gagne or whatever, however you say his name, might look like the biggest fight on his record. But as of now, name-wise, uh, yeah, this is his biggest, uh, you know, task or biggest name to date that he's going to fight. I think, you know, Tanner Bozer is going to win this fight. That's all I got to say. I mean, Andre Arlovsky, you know, he, you know, he does look good recently. He doesn't look terrible. Um, but Bozer's just proved, you know, he's uh, he's a quick, um, light, you know, light hand, you know, quick on his feet, you know, kind of, you know, pretty decent striker. And he's uh, he's been fighting really well. Um you know, he's a future uh, title contender. Yeah, from, dark horse. Uh, what people are saying. Dark horse of the division. Yeah. Dan Hardy called it. You heard it here first. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, every uh, every future contender beats Andre Arlovsky at some point. That's so, absolutely true. Um, yeah, he definitely needs to get. <laughs> it really is. It's like the, <laughs> you know, before they take that step up, like let's give him Andre Arlovsky. Then if they beat him, then he actually gets like a. They get like a legit top ten guy. So, um, yeah, I mean. I think Bozer uh, passes this test, and uh, and I don't know if he gets it done, if he gets a bigger fight in the top ten after this. But yeah, I mean he he's quick, he's light on his feet, and uh, and he's looked good lately. And uh, this is another test I think he gets through. So yeah, I'd definitely be interested to watch this fight. I think Arlovsky hasn't been getting finished too much lately, from what I can remember. But um, I think uh, Bozer probably puts him away. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, how did the fight between Arlovsky and Rosenstrike end? Um, that was on the Masvidal Diaz Diaz card. Um, uh, he got KO'd in the first round. That's what I thought. Other than that, he did beat Felipe Lins. Both these guys have beat Felipe Lins, so um, I bet on Felipe Lins to beat Arlovsky. Ter- one of my other terrible bets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Felipe Lins never again. Never. So we don't have to worry about him. This is a fight of two guys that have beat him up. Um, next up, we got Ian Heinish versus Brendan Allen Allen. Um, Ian Heinish coming off a knockout win over Gerald Mearshart back on the Nunez Spencer card in June. And uh, Brendan Allen Allen, we've seen him a couple times. Last win was against um, Kyle Kyle Dawkins, the younger bro, not the bro keeper. Um, but Ian Heinish is... A oh, this is a pick 'em fight minus 110 for both guys. Um, I guess it just comes down to what you think is going to happen. Ian Heinish is obviously a wild man, pretty unpredictable, and Brennan Allen is pretty, uh, I guess you'd say like technical, much more technical. So, I don't know, you think the wild man's going to win or the technical technical fighter? I mean, honestly, I am thinking on this fight, um, I think Brennan Allen. Um, all in Allen will win by submission. Um, you know, Ian Heinish tends to get wild. Sometimes that leads to getting taken down, and uh, and Brendan Allen can uh, can finish him there on the ground. I think so. That's how I see this fight going. But I mean, honestly, 
I have no fucking clue. It could easily, you know, Ian Heinish could easily win it. But, I mean, the way I kind of see it going is, you know, maybe Ian Heinish gets a little out of control. Brennan Allen gets the takedown, gets to the ground, and uh, and locks it up in submission. So, um, But it's a pick em. I'm I don't feel really strongly about this one. I wouldn't, you know, necessarily recommend it for batting, but uh, that's kind of what I'm thinking. All right. Well, every everybody who ever talked about Ian Heinish says this, and probably you'll probably hear it 50 times this week if you even watch the event. But if you don't know Ian Heinish's story, just look up his Wikipedia page. Uh, this guy's lived like 20 lives, and all of them have been absolutely insane. So if you wonder why he's a chaotic fighter, it's because he's lived an absolutely chaotic life. Um, I think he's been in several jails, um, done some wild stuff. But anyways, we'll move on from that. Uh, Trevin Giles versus uh, Bevan Lewis. This is another pick em fight. Minus 110, minus 110, both guys. Yeah. It, you know, last week, super chalky card. Tons of huge favorites. This week, there's a lot of close fights on it. So um, it'll be interesting to uh, to see how some of these play out. It'll be fun for betting. Um, it always kind of sucks when you just got a bunch of minus 300 favorites on these cards and, and none, no really good spots for betting on close fights. This one... Man, I, I really don't have a slant on this one. Uh, you know, Bevan Lewis, he's, you know, was one of John Jones' training partners, I'm pretty sure, or uh, maybe still is. Uh, but he, he looks decent, but also Trevin Giles is, uh, has been getting it done lately. So I, I don't really have a, you know, a really solid take on this one. Um, I might lo- lean towards Bevan Lewis. Um, I think he's uh, probably a little bit better wrestler and able maybe to get uh Trevin Giles to the ground and uh and you know kind of grind it out against the cage that's what I'd kind of see Bevan Lewis doing in this one but um honestly could go either way I mean what are you thinking in this one yeah I have no idea that's a better breakdown than I could give um pick him fight I last time I saw Trevin Giles was against James Krause I thought he looked terrible but um that was when James Krause fought on 24 hours notice and quite frankly I thought James Krause won that fight so, um, just doing my MMA math that style, I'd probably say Bevan. I'd take Bevan Lewis, but that's not very yeah. technical. Breakdown I think there, it, so. I think it'll probably be a boring. F- uh, I th- yeah, I think it'll probably be a boring fight. Um, like I said, I think it's it's one that uh, Bevan Lewis, if he's going to win this fight, I think he's got to grind it out. He's got to pressure him up against the cage, get the takedowns. You know, use the cage to get the takedowns when he can, and I think that's the way he wins this fights. But um, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, like you said, he did, Trevin Giles did beat James Krause recently, but I think James Krause was, you know, not, I think it was at 170, right? 24 hours notice, kind of upper weight up division. division. 24 yeah. hour notice. So, yeah. yeah. And we see him losing to guys like Gerald Meesher, Zach Cummings. And, you know, I mean, I think this is definitely, Bevan Lewis, though, he's not a world beater. So, I mean, it really is a toss up. Yeah. It's hard to put stake your, stake a claim or make a pick on a, on guys you don't really trust. So exactly. So it makes it, makes it a little harder to, to make a surefire, surefire call. Uh, next up we got, um, Alexander Romanov versus Marcos R- Rodrigo de Lima. And, uh, this is currently Romanov minus three thirty five. Um, Marcos Rod, 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 Rogero de Lima plus 275. Um, we saw Marcos Rogero de Lima fight recently. 
Cormier Lewis. No, he hasn't fought in a while. I don't know. Um, I thought we saw him fight recently, but maybe not. Um, what do you got on this fight? Uh, he's a big guy, though. Um, it, this should be a fun fight. Um, uh, Romanov is a monster. He's a tank, and uh, so is Marcos Rosario de Lima. Um, so uh, I think this is uh, a fight Oops. for Romanov to just blow through him. I think he will blow through uh, Rosario de Lima. But um, they're big guys. I think this should be an exciting fight. I'm just uh, I'm excited to see Romanov again and uh, see what he can do. He had uh, some big power, some huge slams oh, in that Oh, he fought uh, Roki, Roki Martinez in the last fight. Why? I didn't have him yep. on my best fight. I was on best fight, Todd. I didn't have his fight listed. Dude, this guy is an absolute monster. He's he's champion of the fat guys, definitely for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a thick, he's thick man. He's uh he's a monster. He's undefeated, and uh, and this is definitely a a fight for him to win. But I think it's a good matchup for Romanov. Uh, Romanov is only twelve and zero right now. Um, he's only had one fighting the UFC versus uh, Roki. Um, and uh, I think this is a good test for him to go up uh, against Rogerio de Lima. Um, so I think it's definitely a fight set up for, um, for him to win. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. And uh, it's definitely one not to miss. Definitely yeah. tune in. This just one. went from a fight I wasn't, sh- I wasn't even paying attention to to, like, probably one of my favorite – probably one of the fights I'll watch closest on the card. This dude is – when I say there should be a, a heavyweight division and a fat guy division, I say fat guy with no disrespect. This is a fat guy that's an absolute tank. Like, yeah, and look up, look up, uh, Marcos uh, Rogério de Lima. He's, uh, he's, he's a yeah, monster too. Where did so I see him fight though? Uh, no... He's fought a few times. He's fought recently. I don't know why I didn't, nothing loaded for it. Yeah, he's a big boy as well. Um, yeah, this will be a banger. I mean that. Okay, so Felder Hooker, he fought Ben Cecilia and knocked him out in the first round. Um, yeah, Ben Cecilia's a bomb. <laughs> yeah, um, so I I have seen him fight before. Um, yeah, he's a he's a large fella. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but uh, Roger or Romanov is a minus three fifty favorite. So clearly, this fight is his is set up in his favor. And again, I can't like this guy is like a fat guy with like a with like a bantamweight's cardio. He's just a absolute tank. Like this will be a fun one. Yep. Yeah, this is gonna be really good. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm pumped. So I mean, the Lima though he's fought quite a few good fights. He he lost to Stefan Struve. Um, he lost to OSP. He lost to Anna Gulov, which ain't a great uh, loss, but he's. Anna Gulov is, is tough in round one. He lost him in round one. He lost to Nikita Krilov. Uh, he's fought. He's beaten every bum he's ever fought in, uh, but he's lost to every person. If you haven't heard of their name, and he's beat him. <laughs> if you have heard of their name, he, he's lost to him. So uh, Romanov is a guy I think is going to fall, and he's going to be in the loser category on this one. So um, Romanov is, seems like he might be one of the next big things at, at the heavyweight division. Yeah, definitely going to keep, definitely someone to keep your eye on. All right. So to finish up, we got a couple fighters to watch out for on this card. We got Claudia Gedalia somewhere in this card. Whoops. Going down to the bottom here. Um, oh no, she's up at the top. She's fighting Jan. Ah, oh, shit. I knew how to say her name earlier. Jan Shishin. 
John. Don't look at me for this one, man. I'm bad at John. John Chichan. We're gonna, that sounded like I was being very stereotypical there. Okay, <laughs> uh, she's fighting a girl that's really good. Um, currently very close. Claudia Gadelli is minus 130. Um, Jan Chichan is a plus 110. Um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, this girl is a solid... Uh, I'm trying to find her last fight. Um yeah, so her last fight was against uh, Karolina Kovacavitz. Yes. She beat her by decision. That was uh, on the Felder Hooker card. That's correct. Um, and before that, she beat Angela Hill. Those are two notable UFC wins, really, um, both by decision. Um, it looks like every fight in the UFC, she's won by decision. Yep. Uh, but, you know, Carolina, she's not who she once was. I don't know if she's ever who she was. Like once actually was like, um, Big fall she seems off. to, you know, yeah, huge fall off. And I think she might be one of those people who, even though she had a decent resume, like lined up, she was getting wins and you see was maybe never actually that good, but, or maybe she has just fallen off a ton. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but, uh, Angela Hill, you know, is Angela Hill. Um, so, I mean, this one's tough. I think Claudia Gadelia is, is a big step up. Um, I just don't know enough about Jan to really give a super educated opinion on who's going to win this fight. Uh, but I think it's definitely a really interesting fight to, uh, to see how this division plays out going forward. Uh, this is something that if, uh, you know, if, uh, Jan, Xeon, I don't have no clue how to say her name, but, uh, the Chinese girl, if she can win this one, um, you know, she's looking like to be a, a title contender. And, uh, and so is, uh, Claudia Gadelia is looking to get back on that path too. If she can win this one, that'll put her uh, Claudia at three straight wins. Uh, but if uh, Jan wins this one, uh, she'll be at. I think that would be like her seventh UFC win. So, yeah, twelve and um, one overall. Definitely. Yeah, she's, you know, she looks to be a killer. So, uh, I would say this fight's probably going to go to decision from the looks of it. Decision, and, safe bet uh, there. And yeah, yeah. I wonder what it. Uh, wonder if there's a line on here to to uh what a decision would be on it but yeah we can look that up later and put that out if, yeah um if we find if it, you but, want my um, vibe test my current vibe test uh er, early the early onset vibe test i i i've i'm leaning strongly towards fade good fade gadalia on site um she is her her skill set has seemingly really slipped in the past i don't know four or five fights maybe how long has it been um she did not look good against Angela Hill, not to take anything away from Angela Hill looking good, even though she did get the she did get the decision over Angela Hill, but I don't think either one of us thought that that was the right call. Um I don't know, I just got the fade the fade Claudia um fade Claudia vibes going right now. Yeah, for for um Ex Exion or whatever her name is. I think the big thing is I Carolina, Angela Hill, they're not taking her down, you know. Um, I don't know if she's in any of her previous fights. We've seen how her takedown defense is. But if it's not great and Claudia Cadelia can get those takedowns and keep her down, this is Claudia's fight. If if Xan has good takedown defense and can keep the standing, I think it's her fight to win. So I think that's what I'd have to, you know, look at some of her previous fights, do a little tape studying to really see what her takedown defense looks like and if she's going to be able to stop Gedalia uh, when she shoots. But 
that's definitely where this uh, fight's going to be decided as if Gedalia can get the takedowns. If she can, she's going to win this fight. If she can't, I think it's uh, Xeon's fight. To so win. super safe bet decision. Fight goes to decision. Minus 280 right now. Fight, minus 280, fight goes to the decision. Yeah, you're not going to. Yep, that's probably a lot. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the odds are not as close as we'd like them to be, but I think they're all thinking the same thing we are. All right, so you got two more fighters to watch here. We got Darren the Damage Elkins opening the card. He's a minus 230 over Eduardo Gargoni, Gargori. Um, Darren Elkins' last fight was against Nate Landwehr. That was back in May. I thought it was more recent than that. Anyways, bloody mess. Guys always, guys always beat up, always bleeding, uh, but he always uh, brings the damage. So, um. Yeah, Darren Elkins is just always a fighter to watch, man. He's, he's a fun yeah. guy to watch. He's always going to put on a show, and every time he's on a card, I'm, I'm, gonna be tu- I'm tuned in. You know, I'm never missing him fight. Um, you know, you get to see that tattoo on full display. One of the top pound-for-pound uh, pound worst tattoos. Just, pound for pound. Yep, and you just get to see the damage go out there and, and inflict damage and get damage done <laughs> to himself. So he always puts it out there. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll definitely be watching this one. Um, it looks like uh, uh, Van Damage is a, a big favorite. <laughs> Minus but, um, 230. Uh, he's one of those guys who can always lose, too. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you talk about MMA bad tattoos, his isn't the worst, but it's the first one you think of. Oh, yeah. So it's not, it yeah. isn't the worst, but it's, it's, it's pound for pound, it's up there. But it, it isn't the worst, but it's the first one that pops into your head. The damage. And, uh, yeah, again, he lives up to his he lives up to his brand. So good. that's uh, definitely a guy to watch. Last guy we got here, Max Griffin, minus one forty five over Ramiz Brahimaj. Um, Max Griffin here, one of the f- first guys to beat beat Platinum Perry back in the day, if I recall. Um, it wasn't his first loss, but it was one of them. Um, last time I saw him. Yeah, look at this. His last win is uh, against Zalim Imadayev, the uh, the most recently <laughs> cut UFC fighter. So, um, keeping it real for America. Yeah. Um, showing up when we needed know, him. Yeah, showed up when we needed him to show up. So we we have seen him lose his last. Oh, okay. So I bet on him to beat Cowboy Oliveira at UFC 248. I was there, um, as I like to say, anytime that card comes up. Uh, he lost that fight. And uh, he lost his fight before that. So, yeah, he uh, maybe he's due for a win. Yeah, we'll see. Um, he's coming in here. He definitely uh, he definitely needs a win. Uh, Ramiz Brahimash, though, I don't know if he's going to get it against him. Um, it'll be an interesting fight. Uh, Ramiz, um, yeah, I just feel like uh, Max Griffin's always a guy I kind of have expected more from, and then he gets out there and, and tends to disappoint somewhat. Um, see, uh, Brahimaj, he's he's fighting off out of Fortis MMA, which is a good camp out of Vegas. There, he probably you know trains at the Institute quite a bit. Um, and this is his uh, his first fight in the UFC. Um, this is a fight where I could see uh, Brahimaj uh, winning this fight. So I'd I'd be on gut the lookout feeling. for maybe a, him as a small underdog there. Yeah, gut feeling. Gut feeling. I don't have a ton to base it on, but I I kind of I kind of like the uh, the underdog here. Sometimes those gut feeling ones are the are the best. So 
Um, I have nothing to base it off of either, so I'll go with gut feeling as well. Yeah, Max Griffin, uh, I agree, kind of does the opposite of what I've picked him to do in the past, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, so this card coming up, definitely the fights to uh, the number one fight I'm most excited for on this card is uh, Alexander Romanov versus Marco Sergio de Lima. Um, also really excited for the main event, Tiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira. Definitely one to watch. Um, up next, you know, I'd probably say that Ian Heinish versus Brendan Allen is going to be my third fight to watch on this card. And then obviously we're going to always tune in for the Tanner Bozer, the COVID King until this run ends. <laughs> um, I think if he wins this fight, he'll officially be the, the COVID King I think it's hard um, to say. after Bobby yeah. Green took that loss. Exactly. So, um, and then, uh, obviously, Darren Elkins is uh, is probably the last one, you know, out of the top four or five fights to watch on this card. So, yeah, it should be a, it should be a good fight. This, you know, the previous week UFC thirty on ESPN plus thirty nine um, that that card really showed up really last week. Card. So uh, it'll be hard for for this one to top it, but hopefully it does. Yeah, again, and it's just another card in another week, and then we got another one um, a week after that. We got. Uh, Makachev versus Dos Anjos. So, I mean, it just the cards keep rolling in, but it's yeah, it should be. That's a good, a good car, a uh, good fight. Um, RDA versus Lamakchev. Uh, you know, that's like the the Dagestani, the next big Dagestani guy yeah. is that Makachev. So, yep. Um, yeah, it'll be fun to see that one. And then after that, we got the UFC 255, which you know looks to be one of the worst <laughs> pay per views in a while. So. There's- now easy now we got uh we got Davidson Figueredo on there. We got our boy. Yeah, but that's not pay per view worthy. We got Raw Dog Ravel on there. We got both Shevchenkos on the same card. Joaquin Buckley's back to fight the Beverly Hills Ninja. How about that? Oh, that's got that's got potential. But once again, this looks like a stacked ESPN card. Uh it's like the like a really good fight night. So. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But back to this week. Um, yeah, third time's a charm. Go over to Shara. Uh, Tiago Santos, let's get it done. Um, I think a little steam comes off this this fight specifically because we thought this was going to be the next title fight. Clearly now it's not, but it doesn't take away from his first, first contender spot. Um, Glover might not. I mean, Glover doesn't have all that much time to wait, so... Um, Whatever happens if he wins this fight, it'll have to have to, have to happen quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, almost guaranteed fireworks in the main event, which is always a good start. Yeah. So, yeah. So that 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 should be uh should all I got for yep. this week. You got anything else? To send us off. Ah, uh, no, nothing, nothing, uh, nothing new and exciting. So, um, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll be back next week to recap this one. Like we said, we got a good one to preview. Other than that, we will uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll see you all then. Take it easy. Peace. Get them brought, okay. I'm reloading. I can't go swollen. I just can't fold it. I got them like, hey. Got them rolling. The skittles on the way, and the champagne frozen. Watch me do my thing. I got these groupies open. I'm riding presidential. I'm the one that they chose. Water with the work. And a slip ain't I need a big bag, you heard? Yeah. Don't break it down, pass it all around. I can serve Whitney Houston and Bobby Brown. Them deep boys in his in his life, let me buy that. Them broke boys in his in his life, let me try that. I need a beat in the
Fuck that. Conor McGregor, you're taking everything I work for, motherfucker. I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You know what's the real fight, what's the real money fight is me. Not these clowns that you already punked at the press conference. Don't no one want to see that, you know you beat them already. That's the easy fight. You want that real shit right here. Hey, and I'm not- Unfortunately, you can't talk like that on Fox. I got respect, yo. Hey, 